What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where Harry Potter, Order of the Phoenix, more like Lakers need to restore order in the land of Phoenix or risk watching their back-to-back title chances go sliding down the drain. Lakers Suns, pivotal game five, potentially no AD or a severely banged up AD. Uh, This is as must-win as must-win gets, given the injury circumstances that the Lakers are currently dealing with. But we'll get into all of that in this quick preview pod leading up to this integral swing game. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alan Riley. Alan, how the tides have turned. Let's get into it. How are you feeling? And take me through your roller coaster of emotions with this series, because it has been a roller coaster. Yeah. To quote Will Ferrell from some movie, I'm in a glass case of emotions. <laughs> Which movie is that from? I'm pretty sure it's Anchorman. Okay, that's right, yeah. that's right. Um, he's stuck in the phone booth and he's like melting. I'm a glass, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that is exactly how I feel right now. So um, if you could go find a phone booth somewhere and just kind of crash your body around back and forth, it'd be pretty painful and you feel really trapped and you just can't get out of it. Uh, it's definitely been a roller coaster, like you said. Uh, I mean, things were looking pretty great uh, after game two, uh, after game three as well. And I was thinking, dude, Lakers in five, <laughs> just like we got used to saying a lot last year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when AD went up for that, I was like, damn, he is attacking the basket really hard right now, being super mm-hmm. aggressive, trying to get to the line, which is what he, you know, he was doing a really great job of doing. And then he just, like, latched onto his leg. And I was like, oh, shh. That, that does not look good at mm-hmm. all. Um, so, I mean, right now, we just got to hope for one game. You know, we, we got to pull out all the stops. Guys got to hit their open shots tonight because <laughs> that's going to be the only thing that can uh, salvage, you know, tonight. Right. And I mean, like you said, game one, been there, done that in terms of last year. Game two, all right, kind of hit our stride. Wasn't exactly dominant. Game three was the dominant game with LeBron James and Andre Drummond doing the shadow puppeting, et cetera, et cetera. We're clowning them a little bit. Staples Center is going wild. First, you know, Lakers playoff game with fans in a while. First Lakers playoff win with fans in a while. Um, And it was looking like we were on the road to another, you know, a pretty good road to a back-to-back championship because if we had closed this series out quicker, you know, 
Portland slugging it out with Denver or Denver slugging it out with Portland, we may get some extra rest time. The road to eventually facing the Clippers, who have had their struggles even in the first round with the Mavericks as well. I mean, it seemed like, okay, this may be an easier run than we had expected if we can just take care of business. Then, of course, the whole story about this year, though, has been injuries, 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 and that reared its ugly head with Anthony Davis, you know, groin strain or what, what have you. Uh, we're lucky that it seems like it's not a, like a grade two that'll keep him out for four to six weeks, thank God. But, I mean, e- even if he comes back in this series, he's going to be severely hampered and um, debilitated. Speaking of severely hampered and debilitated, Tommy can't be here with us because he dislocated his shoulder about a week ago, and he's in Hawaii now. <laughs> I mean, the shoulder is not why he's not here right now. <laughs> the shoulder is not why he's not here. I'm pretty sure he can still podcast. And uh, he was just so mad when Anthony Davis got hurt. You know, he like exactly. he punched the air, and then his arm just <laughs> fell out, dude. Exactly. But speaking of injuries in Hawaii, we just want to make sure that the Lakers aren't in Hawaii as soon as this, the end of this week. So that goes back to Game Five. I think, Alan, that this is the most important playoff game, obviously the most important playoff game we've had in a lives. decade. Close, <laughs> because we haven't been to the playoffs in a decade. Last year, our backs were never against the wall. I mean, everything was, you know, put away in five games. I, I guess the most we were up against the wall was being down 0-1, right? And while it's currently tied, given AD's new injury and the momentum and home court advantage swinging back over to the Sun side, it really does feel like the Lakers have their backs against the wall for the first time in this new LeBron James era. If the Lakers lose this game, yeah, they have one more game at Staples. Um, and yeah, they may win that one. But I don't really like our prospects going into a Game 7 back in Phoenix being as hobbled as the Lakers are. So for me, I feel like they need to make sure Game 6 at Staples is the type of elimination game where the Lakers get to do the eliminating versus potentially getting eliminated themselves. Uh, LeBron is 14-0 in first-round series, so that's great. But I feel like you almost have to throw history out the door because... With an injury-ridden season like this, that changes the whole dynamic of everything. LeBron is now in the Western Conference. He's 36 years old, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, everything is once again going to rest on LeBron's big, broad shoulders. So, yeah, I mean, let's get into it. What's your... How are you feeling? Give me one word first about how you're feeling leading into this Game 5. Anxious. That's a great word. I would have said nervous. Uh, so I want to talk about how you feel like the Lakers will fare. Let's start with LeBron James and anything else that you want to bring up. Let's start with LeBron James, and then maybe we can talk about how you think we're going to go about the starting lineup. There's a number of ways that Vogel could go. He could go the way of starting Kyle Kuzma like he did in the second half. He might start Marc Gasol. He might start Markeith Morris. Um, but yeah, first, your thoughts on LeBron James, and then how do you do you have a prediction on how you feel like the starting lineup's going to shake out, and how do you have a personal preference for how you'd like that starting lineup to look against the Suns? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> like most people are saying, and it's like conventional thinking, LeBron's got to be extra aggressive to start. He's got to look, you know, for his own shots. Um, it, it looked like he was a lot healthier in the previous game where he's, you know, utilizing his spin move and things like that it wasn't just jumping off of his left leg which is his mm-hmm. strong leg uh so his like agility and lateral movement and all that stuff looks like it's actually getting better which of course means that he could be more aggressive tonight and look for his own opportunities and shots and things like that 
Uh, of course, if he does that, that opens things up for everybody else. Paint collapses, kick it out, whatever. Uh, but then you just got to hope and pray that guys can hit their shots, right? Like, I don't know if we know the status of KCP yet. Uh, I mean, if he is a go, I mean, he's pretty cold right now and he's lacking confidence. You know, he's just one right. of those stretches. But hopefully tonight could be uh, one of those nights where he emerges. Wes Matthews has actually been stepping up pretty well. Uh, Kuz been pretty cold on the outside, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, a lot of guy shots. It's not just Kuz either. So that's kind of how I see things unfolding. I, I can't imagine LeBron just looking to create for other guys <clears throat> and, you know, the shot's not falling from there. Um, I think Shooter will also be extra aggressive, even though you didn't ask about Shooter. But it, it's got to be those two, right? Um, in terms of starters, I mean, so if you start Mark, I mean, you're not going to have Mark and Drummond out there at the same time, right? I mean, wouldn't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now Drummond moves to the bench, which is not something that he's been accustomed to at all with us. Um, as much as Mark really organizes things offensively and defensively, I, I don't, I don't see if I, I can't imagine him starting. Um, but obviously he's going to get a lot more minutes. <clears throat> I feel like Keith <laughs> could end up starting. I mean, he tweeted like something about opportunity and, you know, stepping up and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, obviously, last year in the bubble, we threw him into a lot of high-pressure situations, which kind of felt uh, like they're out of nowhere, and he played extremely well. Um, so that would not surprise me. As far as a preference, I feel like... I mean, I could see Kuz as well, I suppose, because when we start him and and he is automatically like in the flow of the game and feels that rhythm, you know, like that, that could actually help to get him going as well. Right. So I'm going to say it's either Keith or Kuz. Okay. What's your personal preference though? <laughs> you have to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a weird part of me. It's like, let's just do Keith. Like, I feel uh-huh. like he's steady, reliable right. kind of guy. Not going to like try to do too much, you know, and uh, it wouldn't shock me if, like, out of nowhere, and there, there's no logical thinking to this whatsoever. It's just a gut feeling like, oh, of course he's going to knock down his first three. Like, because right. that's just what he did last year. There's precedent for it. I'm going okay. with Keith. All right. That makes sense. And, you know, I mean, the, even this year, remember when Frank Vogel just put Mark Keefe into the starting lineup after literally getting DNPs? And we're like, why? What did Mark Keefe do to deserve getting a starting nod? And then it was really just to get him revved up. And that's when he went on one of his best stretches for a month there, like shooting 40 percent from three, etc. cetera. Uh, so I'm with you. Um, I feel like I have my money on them starting Keefe too, just to help space the floor while also, like you mentioned, maintaining Drummond as the starting center and then also giving LA some mobility more than, you know, Marcus Sallwood, obviously, on the perimeter. And eventually we're going to need Markeith in this playoff run, so might as well do it now. Like you mentioned, the positives with going with Markeith are he's a veteran, he's a proven veteran, he's likely not going to get phased, etc., I can all, like you said, I can also see them starting Kuz. My question is, in what scenario does Kuz not get more rattled? Because if he's coming off the bench without LeBron, does he feel more pressure to do stuff? You know what I mean? Whereas in the starting lineup with Bron, he's sort of like, okay, I have like these guardrails of LeBron James in there. Versus you take him off the bench, yeah, you can tell him, hey, go do rookie Kuz. That could work for you or against you, you know? I will say, yet, like, the last game, when they told him he needed to be more aggressive and he started to do a little bit too much on both ends and it was a little wild, 
uh, I kind of give him a pass on that because he was told that literally minutes before the second half started, and I don't think he was prepared to do that. So maybe if you tell him, like, hey, we need some rookie coups coming off the bench today, mentally he'll be more prepared, and even though he'll be given the reins a little bit more, hopefully it won't be as wild as it was you know, the last game in the second half when he was told to like flip the switch. And, you know, that's hard for anyone to do, let alone uh, a guy like Kuzma, who this is just his second year in the playoffs, first year with actual fans. So I can understand why it was sort of like a rough journey there, that second half last game. Um, And we'll get into in in, during the the second half of this show, like who needs to step up the most. But I guess in terms of wrapping up this starting lineup uh, segment up, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Markeith like you um, and just hope that Kuzma is a little bit more stable in what he's going to bring to the table coming off the bench. Um, Maybe we could get some more of that Kuz and Mark Gasol action. Oh, that's you know a, I mean? actually, that's a good point. That's so a, if Mark's coming off the bench. Right. If they're together, I feel a little bit more comfortable for sure. Um, with that said, I also want to just go back to LeBron James because he's going to need to carry us, right? It's unfortunate that he's as banged up as he is, but it does seem like over the course of this series, he's just been biding his time and being selective more than he, he's let on or more than we've thought, right? Um, because there were some concerns over the first, you know, two games where it's like, oh, this dude's just taking jump shots. Is that by design or by the fact that he's just totally banged up right now? And I think as we've seen... It seems like it's more by design, or we have to hope. The flip side to that, though, is the Suns will also be more honed in on LeBron James in expectation of him doing that, right? So I guess that'll bleed into like our second topic of the other guys having to step up. But for the most part, can you think of... This is, is going to be one of the toughest... Um, title runs of LeBron's career, I feel like, outside of the Golden State thing, because he has to weather this injury storm so early on. Is this the biggest game of LeBron James' career as a Laker? I don't want to make put hyperbole, but I think, I mean, this is like, so we had the play-in game versus the Golden State Warriors, right? That was pr- pretty pivotal. Um, LeBron James carried us there, carried us with that miracle shot from heaven, we're going to need his second half against Golden State in that game for the full 48 minutes tonight against the Phoenix Suns. Um, I have no doubt he's going to bring the fire and intensity and be aggressive from the get-go. And I think what being aggressive will do for the Lakers is, one, it'll get guys who may be a little bit nervous and rattled fired up and on the same page as LeBron James because the team goes as LeBron James goes. And hopefully, too, we should get it. We should get in the foul penalty early on if LeBron is aggressive and we can get some you know, money from the free throw line. But yeah, how are you feeling about, about LeBron James in this, in this situation? Being 75%, 80%, and understanding that, hey, this is a pretty pivotal game and a lot is going to ride on this game with regards to whether this is a back-to-back title run or we're just going to sputter to the finish line here. Yeah, I mean, so to answer your original question, is this the biggest game of his career? Or like most pivotal, maybe? Um, yeah, like last year, you look at, we closed teams out in five, except for Miami, right? So mm-hmm. we lost first game, then four in a row. It's like gentleman sweep. And, um, because it's, it's tied to, two, we don't have home court advantage. Health is not on our side at all. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the situation is 
it's a lot stacked up against us, I would yeah. say. Which in turn makes it seem like it, it's the most challenging. Maybe most dire. Yeah. Like most challenging playoff game as, as a Laker, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I just think given all the external, you know, circumstances that are going on, without a doubt. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, there's only so much he can do by himself, you yeah. know, like, especially given how we've been playing offensively, like guys got to knock down shots, period. And we've, as, as they've all been saying, we've been getting good looks. We've been getting a lot of open shots. Guys just can't hit them. So uh, we need things to fall in place tonight for sure. Yeah. And I have no doubt that LeBron James is going to turn it up one or three notches. I don't think we've seen a LeBron James 30-point game in a while. So I think he definitely has been reserving stuff for this very moment. We just want to make sure that we aid him enough so that he's literally not doing what Kobe did back in you know 2012-13, whenever that now this is going to be fun year was where Kobe literally was dragging the team to the finish line and ended up hurting himself even more and changing the trajectory of his career, right? Um, Given that LeBron James is already hampered, we want to make sure that we don't put extra stress on him. So with that said, we'll take it to break. And when we return, we'll talk about the other guys and who needs to step up the most to help LeBron James in this very pivotal game. So we'll take it to break. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys then. All right, so we are back. Uh, Alan, simple question. Uh, Who needs to step up the most? And I guess give me your top three guys who you feel um, need to step up the most. Non-LeBron James guys, right? Um, I want to start really quick with Kuzma because we have yet to get a uh, signature Kuzma gets hot game in the playoffs. Last year, I think he had his best moments in the first two rounds. He had like a... 18-point game against Portland, but that was in a blowout scenario where he hit five threes and we were just running with it. Um, He had a really nice, like, 14-point game against Houston where he shot six of seven, but only got 20 minutes that game. Um, He had a 17-point game against Houston as well, but that was also in a blowout scenario. And then the only other game I can think of was, like, a 19-point game against the Heat in the finals where he hit four threes, but we lost that game. But when it comes to, okay, Kuzma, you're going to get at least 25, 28 minutes and we need you, we haven't gotten that, you know, Kuzma has got it going. He's knocked down three threes in a row and everything seems to be firing on all cylinders from him, right? And I think what's most ironic about playoff Kuz is, or what's the one thing that people have criticized Kuzma for his entire career? Oh, he's just a scorer. Ironically, in the playoffs... He's done more of the little things, like play defense, get yeah. rebounds. And, all season. Yeah, all season, really, right? And the one thing that he's been, quote-unquote, known for and criticized for, his scoring, has been absent. And so we need it now. Um, so it's because of that that, for me, I kind of have Kuzma right at the top there. But I don't know like where you have your rankings of who needs to step up the most in terms of top three. But you can start with Kuz and then go on to your list of guys that really need to show more than what they've shown. I think Caruso, you already know what he brings, right? Drummond, you know what he's going to bring. I don't even put it on necessarily most of the new guys. But yeah, talk to me about who you feel like needs to step up. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. Like those guys that you said, you know, you know what they bring. Obviously, you add Schroeder to that list. Um Kuz is for sure the one who pops into my mind because he has had opportunities um, to assert himself offensively, but he's just kind of out of control. 
like losing his handle. You know, there are so many times in that game where his his handle was so loose. It's like, dude, are you struggling with the same injury as Chris Paul? Because you dribble, you yeah. put the ball on the floor twice and you totally lose it because it's like your body is moving faster to the basket yeah. than the ball is. So you just got to slow down like 5%. You know, or the pressure is moving faster than what he can handle <laughs> in the moment, having to understand that shift. But yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, one thing that he's really great at is moving without the ball. Right. And, and mm-hmm. diving to the basket and slashing. And obviously LeBron's going to find him. There's been a few moments where LeBron has gotten him on those like bounce passes as he's diving towards the paint and things like that. So I think if he can get back to, uh, yeah, like moving without the ball and that sort of thing, whether it's with LeBron or with Mark, uh, where you can get those easy looks. That'll open things up whether he's getting fouled, go to the free throw line, and then from there, you know, maybe he'll actually drain some some wide open shots. As opposed to catch and shoot from three, as opposed to isolate, drive to the basket, and, you know, charge or turn it over or whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, just running some simple actions, different cuts, things like that, I think it really helped to get him going. Right. And I think it's always a snowball effect with Kuz for the good and bad, right? If you get him going early, activate him. Streaky. Streaky. And Frank Vogel, I think, right idea in terms of getting Kuz more involved as the ball handler on simple pick-and-roll situations, because when Kuzma can just do like a one-dribble pull-up in the mid-range, that's easy money. Or the other thing, too, is Kuzma is one of our best post-play scorers on the team. We just don't utilize him there, because why would you need him down there if Anthony Davis and LeBron James and also sometimes Andre Drummond is down there, right? But if you can get him in situations with a smaller guy on him, give it to him in the post. How many times have you seen Kuzma just knock down a simple turnaround fadeaway because he doesn't have to dribble the ball, right? Yeah. And so I think getting him in those types of actions should benefit him and start to get that rhythm going because the same way that energy finds the ball when you're being selfless and all that... Kuzma finds energy when he gets a feel for the ball, whether that's, you know, getting easy buckets like you said or getting to handle the ball in a simple pick and roll situation where he's not loosey-goosey with his handle. Um, So I'm excited to see what happens when the game plan is to get Kuzma activated and also Kuzma knows his role tonight, i.e. they need him to score. They need that rookie swag Kuz who could stack up against Jason Tatum. Obviously, we know now he's not the same caliber of player as Jason Tatum, but when he was a rookie, you couldn't tell him that, and nobody knew, right? He was a ninth, he was a second year, he was a 19-point scorer who could hold up against those guys. In fact, I was at the Boston, I was at the Staples Center when we beat the Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum, and Kuzma was doing wraparound behind the back passes oh, yeah. to Larry Nance and had like 35 points and took over in the fourth, right? We need that type of Kuz. The main difference here, though, is there's so much on the line and there's so much pressure. Has Kuzma ever been in a situation like this we talk about like lebron james hyperboles for kuzma i think you can say this is probably the biggest game of his career i don't want to say this is like legacy defining for kuz but i mean this would be a good start to you know making your name yeah it's like the most pivotal game that he's ever been in for sure uh okay so let's move away from kuz so i'll just tell you my top three i have it as dennis schroeder at the top kyle kuzma second and markeith Third, just because I feel like this is a guy who led us in three-point percentage in the playoffs last year. We haven't gotten a very consistent Markeith this season. And now there are some, there's some context behind that because his role has been tossed about. But even when he has gotten minutes, he hasn't been consistent. Um, so for me, I put Schroeder at the top because also, kind of the same way as Kuz, like, this is why we traded for you. You know what I mean? It's been a very inconsistent season from Schroeder as well. And... 
we know Schroeder can score, so obviously we want him to just hit his shots as opposed to last game where he was like 3 for 13. But can Schroeder play that well-balanced game where he also gets his teammates involved and makes the right reads, right? Because there's a there's a terrible version of Schroeder where he's like, "Don't worry, LeBron, I got this." And it's like, "Okay, no, no, that's not what we that's not what we mean, you know what I mean?" Just like there's a terrible version of aggressive Kuz where Kuz like, "All right, back to rookie Kuz," and then he's like losing his handle everywhere. No, we need the Schroeder that's a veteran, that's composed, that plays a little more like Chris Paul, you know, that picks his spots, but yeah, I mean, obviously, we need him to be offensively aggressive and to help LeBron out, to take that pressure off. We need him to get to the foul line, get those easy free throws, and we need to have him make the right plays and play make for his other teammates because so much is going to rest on the other guys. We need the other guys feeling better as well, you know? And Schroeder even said it in one of his, like, quotes that the energy needs to find the ball. Their, their focus is on selfless basketball. And so if Schroeder can balance that out and make things come together... Um, this is the time to do it because if Schroeder doesn't come up here, we lose this game. He what has one or two more games to prove himself as a Laker, and then he's going to ask for $25 million? I don't know, man. So, I mean, there's a lot that rides on this with regards to his Lakers career as well moving forward. Yeah, I agree. So I would also have Schroeder at the top of my list. Um, you know, everyone says Schroeder. I don't want to go on too long of a tangent, but everyone <laughs> says Schroeder, right? And then I was yeah. driving the other day. I was listening to 710 ESPN on the radio. Schroeder introduced himself and said, hi, I'm Dennis Schroeder. And I was like, Schroeder, okay. ah, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I've been goofing it this whole time. And actually, Jonathan, you've been saying Schroeder this whole time. And I'm like, I don't know. I think it's Schroeder. I think Jonathan's wrong, but I'm not going to correct him because I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but I heard it come out of his own mouth. So it's like, right. I, I guess it's the O. It's probably the German origins that make you want to go Schroeder. Schroeder. <laughs> it's like you we want I mean? over it and everything. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're trying to be correct, but it's like I'm gonna say it the way he's saying it. So anyway, you gotta correct me every time I say Schroeder because I'm gonna keep saying it <laughs> by accident. Well, guess who needs some umla in his game tonight? It's Schroeder. <laughs> so go go ahead. <laughs> so I have Schroeder <laughs> number one. I got Kuz two. Uh, three, I'm going to go with Mark. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change it up. And, you know, it's like Mark isn't as much of as a, as a wild card, though, because he has been playing well. You know, he's been knocking down that open three where he jab steps a couple times when, like, there's kind of no one around. And then he just pops that flat-footed, flat shot. Um, but tonight, yeah, we need him to knock down those jumpers because he is going to be wide open. Um, so... I don't know. I have a lot of faith in Mark to step up. It's not like a wild card kind of thing where I think he's going to put up a dud, you know. So it does feel a little bit weird to put him in that list, but I'm like expecting him to play well. So in that sense, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put him in my top three guys and need to step up too. what's your confidence level on on Schroeder. So I've been frustrated with Schroeder Uh, all season. You guys know this, but that can all go away if (laughs) when he's needed the most, he goes playoff shrondo on us okay shrondo (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah um i mean he's he can do it for sure he's very capable Mm -hmm. but as is the case with like everyone been talking about it's mindset you know it's definitely not ability and i mean schroeder's got as frank vogel likes to say in his dad way he's got big guts Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and um is that a euphemism (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, but he says it all the time with that like smirk on his face, like, haha, like you guys don't know what I mean by this. Um, he's got big balls for sure. And um Gun yeah, balls. we're looking for him to like and we're looking for him to utilize his balls appropriately. You know, like uh-huh. just don't yeah. go crazy. Um get, get like, out of control or whatever. So if he can get to that sixteen to eighteen foot mid-range jumper, right, uh right around the free throw line and pull up um then that's going to open up a lot of things, right? He's going to be able to drive much more easily, like you said, get to the line from there. And, I mean, if he could get hot from three, um, that, again, he just becomes such a major threat. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he does have that gamer kind of, like, edge to him, though, right? Where I I have more confidence in him tonight to, like, do the right things. So, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna need we're gonna need that chippiness. It's gonna be like a grinded out, gritty sort of fight tonight, especially in that Phoenix Arena where they pretty much have the crowd packed to the brim and it's loud as hell. Um, so look, the Lakers. I, I don't know if you have any team things that you want to see happen more. The Lakers, in my mind, especially with Anthony Davis out, even with Anthony Davis in, to be honest, they need to get out into transition more. Yeah. Um, with Anthony Davis out, they need to collectively crash the boards like. All hell. They really need to help each other out, especially if they're playing some smaller lineups out there. Um, everybody's going to have to board. Um, and this is the simplest thing, the simplest low-hanging fruit all playoff series is just these other guys have to hit their wide-open shots. Like you said, on Schroeder pick and rolls, they're just sagging off of him and letting him shoot that. So he needs to shoot it with confidence. Kuz needs to keep shooting with, shooting it with confidence and keeping the defense honest. Um and yeah, I don't know if you have any other team things that you want to see happen. Um, not not so much of a team thing, just another like fear that crept into my mind is like Andre Drummond needs to make sure he doesn't get into early foul trouble. When you're talking about crashing the boards, I kind of uh-huh. thought about that because you know when he gets excited, he like really throws his weight around. And uh, I don't want to put this out there, but I just feel like within the first like two three minutes of the game, I could see him picking up two quick fouls. At which point, okay, you bring in Mark, and we're like, okay, well, this is good, but like, Mark can't be playing 25, 30 minutes, no, right? Um, and at that point, I feel like they're like Aiton or whatever, you know, he's he's been having a hell of a series. So we just need Drummond to be available for sure. And I just think that he gets so excited, and knowing that AD is out, he might just be a little bit too hyped. <laughs> so he's got to play within himself, play under control. Uh, don't get all crazy trying to do a bunch of stuff because that's going to work against us big time. So hopefully he stays chill. If anything, we need to get DeAndre Ayton in foul trouble. So Andre Drummond has to yeah. help in that mission to help Le- LeBron James out because LeBron's life is a hell of a lot easier without that big body in the paint. Uh, and also we didn't mention Trez, but I hope that whatever minutes he gets tonight, he just brings that freaking fire. We need that fire from him. I thought you know? about mentioning him. In that list of three, but I was like, but right. what if he gets another close to goose egg? Then I'm going to look real stupid. But but yeah, he's a guy that obviously if he gets some time, he could really uh, make an impact. For sure. Uh, last question to you, and this is a safe space, space, Alan. You can give me your honest thoughts. Always. So look, we're at, we're, we're at the, uh, the fork in the road, right? The tipping point between what is this year? Is this going to be... Curse of the seventh seed, curse of the now this is going to be fun season part two, where if you remember that season, we got Nash, we got Dwight Howard. We were stacked like crazy. We got Anton Jameson. We were feeling the same this offseason, right? Oh, my God. Every move. Marcus Gasol, Trez, we got the six-man. Schroeder, 
and I, I don't know if you remember this, but I mentioned to you guys in one podcast, I was like, sometimes when it's too good to be true, it's just too good to be true. I hope that's not the case, but so far it's been that way because of injuries, just like that injury riddled season back in 2012 when Kobe tore his Achilles and we went into the playoffs as the seventh seed. So we are at a crossroads in terms of, is this just a cursed season or are we going to do something historic, you know, given our position? Right now it's looking bleak because of the injuries and the hobbledness. But yeah, what's your confidence level, not just with this series, but the rest of this playoff run? Let's say we can even get past this hump here. Is a, is a little part of you resigned to the fact that maybe this just isn't our year? And there's actually a positive to that because maybe we're just playing on house money at this point. Or are you still like... Yo, we still got this. We're still the defending champs. Never underestimate the heart of a champion type stuff. <laughs> I think I feel that way for this series. Like, honestly, even if we lose tonight, okay. uh, if we just have to win two games, one of which is at home, you know, if we can push it to a game seven, then it's best one out of one. Uh, so in that scenario, I wouldn't be terribly, like, terrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of, like, the long haul, winning a championship... I don't know if it's like a curse per se, right? Like back in 2012, I think it's like curse of the short off season and playing yeah, a lot of sure. games in a condensed period of time kind of thing. Um, so in that sense, yeah, just all the injuries, it's freaking ridiculous. And yeah, maybe it's just not our year for that matter. And there's no time to really gel as a squad. Uh, and it just is what it is, but I'm not going to like view it as some sort of trend or anything like that necessarily. It would be a huge freaking bummer considering how hyped up we all were to start, but, uh, we could sort of see some writing on the wall, right? As it was, as LeBron and AD getting hurt and Schroeder Schroeder missing like so much time. It's like F dude, like, you know, we'll take what we can get. Uh, so yeah, that's just kind of preparing myself emotionally, you know, "Ah, saw this coming. Well, also, like, just having to think right now about facing the Brooklyn Nets with a banged-up team, it's just like, oh, God, I don't, I don't know. It's like, how shit, we're... they were banged up, too, but, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly. But I will say, time, like, bringing it back on a positive end here, um, like you mentioned, we can't look that far, of it, far ahead. Yeah. We got to take things one day at a time, one game at a time, and... Some miraculous things may happen if we continue to do that. You know, we're already, you know, depicting or predicting our doom, but let's just start with game five. Um, So with that said, thank you guys for listening. It's going to be fun. It's going to be nerve wracking, but also fun because we have yet to see guys outside of LeBron James be in this type of situation. Now's the time for them to step up. You know, Will, it's literally fight or flight time for these guys. I'm excited that they get this moment. Um, We're not going to bury them if they don't live up to it, but just having the circumstance in and of itself, I think is exciting because as Lakers fans, we want to see them rise to the, the occasion and make their names as Lakers. You know what I mean? So let's go Lakers Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. And we will see you guys after the Lakers bring it back to Staples, hopefully for an elimination game where we have the potential to eliminate the sun. So there we go. Alan, I'll catch you later. Later, bro. See ya.
special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.